0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Last week, I introduced you to three words. I talked about salvation, sanctification, and service. And I want to recap that very briefly. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit to us, one of the ministries that He provides is the work in salvation, Whenever you give your life to Jesus Christ, whenever you fully surrender, you say, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Well, first of all, let's talk about that. How do you get to that point? You get to that point whenever you pause long enough and you just look at life and you have this aha moment that you need something more than what you can do for yourself. And you have that aha moment where the light bulb goes off and and your conscience, it's a work of the Holy Spirit with conviction. It doesn't make you feel bad. It tells you there's something better. Condemnation says, you little rotten scoundrel. But conviction says, hey, you're pretty good, but there's a better way. And the Holy Spirit says, you need a Savior. You need something super natural. And you give your life to Jesus, and one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is when he indwells you. He indwells you and changes you from the inside out. It's a work of regeneration, meaning you become new. It's a work of the Holy Spirit within you, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But then there's that second word that none of us really like. (laughs) It's the word sanctification. Sanctification. Because that means you you have to start trying your best to honor the repositioning in Christ that you found at salvation. Let me kind of repackage it. You know, Jesus is his death, burial, resurrection, and your faith in Jesus is what makes you right with God. That's what makes you right with God. Everybody say righteousness. righteousness. Not self-righteousness, not that stuff when they look over your shoulder and point their finger. I'm talking about God now finds you in right standing because of what his son did and you believed it. Now, secondly though, now that you're right because of Christ, now the fun and the work starts. Because now you have the ability and the calling on your life to start trying to live That sanctified life. That doesn't mean boring. That doesn't mean that you can't hang out with your your friends. That doesn't mean that you all of a sudden become some perfect guy or gal. That's impossible, by the way. We're all working through some things. But you know God by his grace, but you find freedom over time. When will I ever be free? When you go to heaven. Until then, you're always going to be dealing with your flesh. You're always going to want to have a little road rage. Can I get an amen? You're always going to want to knock a kid out. Can I get a better amen? You're always going to want to skip work on a Monday. Come on, somebody. Man, none of y'all approved of that until the last one. And you're like, absolutely, hallelujah. I love this guy. He's against work on Monday. No, I didn't say that. I said, you're going to want, you're going to always want what your flesh wants. But now that you're born again and saved, you have something working within you to point it out. See, before Jesus, you never even knew what was right or wrong. You're just living in darkness. But when Jesus comes into your heart, the light that he brings, it brightens up dark places. And now all of a sudden, you can work from that point of salvation. It's called sanctification. Becoming becoming a better you by the help of the Holy Spirit. But then there's a third word, and we're moving quickly here. The third word is service. Now this is where the fun starts. Now that, my, now that I'm saved, and now that I acknowledge the fact that I'm, 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 in a, I'm a work in progress, now I'm ready to help someone else. Jesus himself told his disciples, you see all these great things you've witnessed me do? I've done them with you, but now... I'm going, to, I'm going to ascend. I'm going to go back and sit at the right hand of the Father. But you are going to do even greater works than you've seen me do. Well, how are we going to do that without you here? Because you're going to go to Jerusalem and you're going to wait. And you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he's going to come upon you and change your life forever. And he's going to empower you to do these greater works. Here's, here's the scripture for you. If you'd like to see this. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans 12, Paul tells us in Romans 12 in the message, he says, this is what I want you to do. God helping you. Everybody take a deep breath like this. Now let it out. You know what we just acknowledged? That we don't have to do this on our own. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life You know, sleeping, eating, going to work. Oh, there's that word again. Going to work, walking around. Take your everyday life. Place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. That's the best thing you can do for him. Embrace it. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you just fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside That's Romans 12, 1 through 2. We've taken this month talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and we've seen the Holy Spirit in the Bible manifest or be represented different ways. If you remember uh, last Sunday, we talked about when Jesus was baptized under John's baptism. That here we have Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism and the heavens opened up. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Like a dove. One of the ways the Holy Spirit is manifest or seen in Scripture is like a dove. Now, I think that's symbolic of something peaceful. Doves only light. Doves only, only land or light where they feel welcomed where they feel at peace. And I want to share this with you, okay? I'm going to lean on you a little bit. So many of th- this this happens every week in churches all around the world. It happens in our church that that one guy over in this section, and 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 I would never try to point out who he would be cuz cuz we would we would probably get A little little fun response. But some guy over here or some gal over here says, that was the greatest song I've ever heard. But like two pews away, I hope I never hear that song again. Somebody over here would say, that preacher preached the sermon of a lifetime. And one guy nudges his wife and go, I don't get it. It is terrible. I don't get it. What's the big deal? It's awful. Here's here's what I want to share with you. I think what happens a lot of times is we're we're saved we're we're saved but we're not welcoming to the spirit of God. You know, we're distracted. Maybe we're maybe we're we got so much going on on Monday at work that our posture is I love the Lord. I love the Lord, okay? I just love the Lord, but I got a, I got a big Monday ahead of me and and the songs need to hurry up, the preacher needs to he needs to hurry up. We got to get to Lubies. We got to go. Lubies Does anybody still eat at Luby's than me? I love me some Luby's. I've got to pay my wife and girls to go to Luby's. Come on, all the Luan plates in the house, talk to me. He's like, come on, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go to Luby's. But what's happened is, we're not welcoming to the Holy Spirit. It's not that we're lost, it's not that we're... You know, it's just we're not welcoming. And a dove, if you've ever seen the physical bird, the the, the actual bird, a dove would dart and fly until he finds a place that he can light at peace. And the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and light upon your life. The Holy Spirit's also symbolized in Scripture as fire. All the way back into the Old Testament, Old Covenant times. Anybody remember Moses having an encounter with a bush that was on fire, a burning bush? How about the people of God when they made their way out of Egypt, a place of slavery, all the way into Israel? How did they get there? They didn't have a GPS. They didn't have a Garmin. They didn't have Siri. They had the original GPS. They had a pillar of, everybody say Fire. And it led them. Holy Spirit's seen as fire. Even into the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We, we, we've discussed this this month. That, that it was the Holy Spirit made a visit with those that were believers. He visited them and it was symbolic that it came upon them like fire. It's important to know. Fire cleanses. Fire purifies. Uh, fire lights up. Fire brightens things up. It warms things up. A cold heart can be changed in a moment with the fire of the Holy Spirit. A dark heart can be brightened up in a moment with the fire of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was manifest like a dove. It was manifest like a fire. It was manifest like wind. Part number one of this series, the first Sunday in July, we talked about the winds of refreshing and how, uh, in the Hebrew, ruach, and in the in the uh, Greek, the word was pneuma, and it was basically the the burst of breath. And if you remember when Adam was formed, and God took that old clay and dirt, and and He made him, and He shaped him. He then breathed. He then. And the breath of God filled the lungs of the first man. And even today, God can take dead people, dead vision, dead dreams, dead futures, and just one moment with the breath of God, you can have a new fresh start. And then the last one, I always get tickled at this one because this is the environment that I grew up in as a kid. And the last one we see symbolically that, that it was likened unto wine. And now I got everybody's attention. Wait till 1130 gets here. They're like, that's why I like that dude. That's why I like that dude. He cool. He got about preaching about wine all the time. The wine of the Holy Spirit, my friend. Let's stay together. Let's stay in this. The Bible says that when it came upon them that the unbelievers, the unbelievers in the circle, they said, what's going on? Because they were speaking in tongues, and the unbelievers said, I think these guys are drunk. And it was Peter that stood up and said, hey, hey, slow down. You're, you're, you're judging something that, that, number one, that you don't understand where it's come from. You don't understand the context. You're, you're passing judgment real quick. It actually has nothing to do with wine. It's, it's, the, it's the joy of the Lord because the Holy Spirit's come upon them. That's what it is. So the Holy Spirit has made himself manifest or he's made himself seen. Everybody's, why don't we do that? Everybody say, they saw it. They saw it. And now let's everybody say? They heard, they heard it. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people, There's always something seen and always something heard. Here's how we let's look here. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, this Jesus, Peter's preaching this great sermon. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which ye now see. And here. Charles Spurgeon, the great theologian and preacher, I find this beautiful and it's brand new to me. I wish I would have seen this writing years ago because it's so beautiful. I mean, it really... Touches my life when you think about the dove and you think about the fire and you think about the wind and you think about the wine. Charles Spurgeon says, Heaven cannot contain the Holy Spirit, yet He finds a home within the hearts of His servants. We are His temple. Each one of His influences will evoke from us grateful praise. If He is like wind, we will be wind chimes. If He is like dew, then we will bloom like flowers. If he is aflame, we will glow with passion. In whatever way he moves within and upon us, we will be responsive to his voice. Well, all through the book of Acts, they, we, we, we see whenever the infilling of the Holy Spirit was experienced, they saw and they heard. Now I want to talk about something that unfortunately has become a little, a little controversial through the years. I want to talk about tongues for a moment, and this is where my job gets a lot of fun because I've got this this church, this incredible church of people that come from so many different backgrounds. We laughed about it last week, right? About how many how many charismatics takes to change the light bulb? How many Catholics? Do you remember that? That's really the representation of this church. The Lutherans, the Methodists, the Baptists, this, thing, this thing's full of every kind of background known to man. And with that established comes so many different opinions of different things. Well, I want to talk about speaking in tongues for a moment. And someone might real quick say, well, I'll listen, but speaking in tongues is not for everyone. And I want to say, you're right, it's not. It's for the believer. It's not for the unbeliever. I will, I will agree with you. Speaking in tongues is not for the unbeliever. It's for those that have been born again and that are open to that experience. I can promise you, if you're not open to it, it's not for you. But if you are, it's available. It's that simple and i want to talk about the differences the distinction between two things that 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 literally has even caused me a problem as a pastor and even today on this last sunday of july there's a, there's still a handful of people that attend this church that have just not yet given themselves over to education they're 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 living in an in an uneducated experience and i try to be patient i try to be kind But let me tell you why some things have gotten a little odd with this incredible experience called speaking in tongues, okay? The Bible gives us two examples. There's a private and there's a public. And the private's the one that I'm into. The private's the one I want you to experience. I'm not against the public. I'm open to it, except you need to know the differences, and the reason that this is a little controversial for some is because some people, they don't understand the two. And they're missing out on the depth that is available. They're still trying to operate publicly in what was meant for your private life. And some of them are just determined to do it because they just think it's salvational. And boy, they, they, they're missing it. And there's so much more. Let me break it down for you real easy. Everybody say private. Public. Why would I want a private experience with God? Because there's going to be a day where your world's falling apart. And you're going to be out of words. And you're going to really want to pray. And you're not going to know what to pray. And you're just going to hurt. Or you're going to be desperate. And God knew this about the frailty of humanity. What good would Adam be without breath? He was just going to be an old physical body of flesh. Dead bones. Wrapped in dead flesh. But God breathed in him. And ladies and gentlemen, what God wants to do for you is to baptize you. He wants to infill you. This is, a, this is, this is after your salvation. This is for those That choose to go the to go to another level where you know that you know life life is tough and I need some power. I need an I need an arsenal that's beyond my ability. Paul said Paul said, whenever I get to a point, I mean this guy's been shipwrecked, this guy's been naked, this guy's been beaten with rods, he's been in jail. And Paul said, Sometimes I just gotta get in my little Space And I got to pray. And I pray in tongues because my, my mind doesn't even know what to do. But the Spirit of God will pray through me. Now, this is personal. And it's private. This is devotional tongues. Some people call it prayer language. I, I, I'm cool with that term. But where does it belong? It belongs in your private life. Or, or, it belongs in a setting that has been identified that that's the purpose of it. Now pastor Tommy, help me understand what you mean by that. Well, if there's people that aren't sure what's going on, it brings confusion. It even happened today in this service. It's confusing when people pray in tongues and there's people here today, my friends. I've got I've got people here today that you have no idea even what I'm talking about did I tell y'all about my friend at the at the restaurant she comes to our church she's one of our waitresses here in town I love her to death her name's Jamie she's my she's my special friend Jamie told me after week number one of this sermon she goes man I love your church I love your preaching but man I'm so confused I don't have a clue what you're talking about I said welcome because there's a lot of us that are just we're just looking searching wanting we just know we need more we need more. We're tired of religion. We need more. Welcome to the club. That's what we're doing. We're looking for more. And it's detrimental when people pray in tongues in a public setting that's not announced that that's the purpose of it. Because you're confusing matters. Now, here's, here's, here's the struggle. But it feels so good. Get, get, get over your feelings, sweetheart. Get over your feelings. It's not about you feeling good. You're causing harm to the public in the public church setting. But this is special for you in your personal life. And I'm telling you, every single one of you that are born again, you qualify for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And it will change your life forever. And you'll probably speak in tongues. Well, how? Don't worry about the how. I'm going to give you the ways it happens. You ready for it? Simple. Receive it by faith. Remove all the barriers out of your life. Request the gift. But here's the big one. Release the gift. How did you get saved? I believed and I responded. Well, how do you get full of the Holy Ghost? You believe and you respond. I'll never jump off this platform until I jump. And a lot of folks think, is this something going to take over my life? Is it going to be weird? Is it going to control me? Is it going no, you'll never lose control. That's a lie. That's a misperception. You were hanging out where I used to hang out. You'll never lose control. It's something that you choose by faith to exercise. Then there's the public tongue spoken, and that comes with an interpretation. And that's for another sermon, another day. This is for you, the believer, to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So this second ser- uh, third service today, we're going to have a, a time that will be in order. It will not be confusing. It will not be weird. But we're going to be opening up today to allow the experience of the Holy Spirit to happen in our lives. Just for those that want it. Again, you may not be at the place that you do. I think we all should be. It's like two men that were walking to the river. Two men walking to a river, and they're both in the water. They're both, they're both water. They're in the water. But one feels the current going around them, and one gives in to the current and lets the current take him where the current will. And there's a lot of you that God's wanting to take you somewhere special, personal, in your heart, a place in his spirit. That will give you the ability to pray through some things that have had you beaten up. It will give you the ability to pray some things and tear down strongholds over your family. You talk about this song, this is how we fight our battle. Let me tell you how you fight your battle. You let the Spirit of God fight it for you. You open up your life and allow the Holy Ghost and fire to brighten up your world. To warm up the cold places. You want me to tell you what? Do something for your marriage. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Want me to tell you what would change your business model? Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You want me to tell you what would change your parenting? Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because all of a sudden, you've got the flame, the, the warmth. You've got the joy, the wine. You've got the, you've, you've got the peace of the dove. You, you've, you've got this incredible experience that will change your life forever. This morning, I want you to stand with me. I'm done preaching. We're going to worship just for a moment, and then I'll dismiss you and pray over you. And all of you that are interested and and wanting, you're welcome to join us.